Welcome to the next episode of Humans of SDU, podcast that discovers your stories. Today, we will be talking about sneakers out of all things. It may sound strange to you, but bear with us and come meet Matthias as he talks about his interest in powerlifting and photography and, oh yeah, sneakers that tie it all together. Uh, this podcast is recorded under the umbrella of Merit Media, so listen to us and listen to them as well. Welcome, Matthias. Thank you for joining us. In Thank this you so much for having me. Makeshift studio of ours. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, this is a very, basically a busy day for you or busy week for you, um, media-wise. Media-wise, uh, yeah. Because you're, you're getting a lot of exposure yeah. <laughs> this week. Yeah. Apart from doing this episode with us, yeah. you're also in the midst of, a, of an Instagram takeover. So can you... Yeah. Tell us more about it. So besides doing this, which is my first like guest appearance on any podcast, I think uh, I'm doing a uh, a takeover for a study profile of mine, uh, the study that I go to, which is international business communications at the University of Southern Denmark. And um, I'm doing this takeover for this profile where we just share our week and how what it's like to be a student at the international business communications. So um, what is it like? <laughs> so what is it like? Yeah, well, this week has actually been quite eventful, um, mainly because I'm doing my bachelor's right now. So I had like I plan out every week to make sure that I do just a little bit every day. You mean your thesis? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And um, so throughout the week, I've just been doing my bachelor's mainly. And then I've been doing some posts on what it's like to be a student and suffering from lack of motivation or having a lot of motivation and why um so normally i would say if if i'm writing a topic on a if i'm writing a subject in i'm writing an exams on a subject that i really enjoy i would normally be very passionate about it and being very passionate about writing which is the same for my thesis but i'm just not motivated to write it right now because there's not enough pressure so to speak <laughs> okay you need so, to come closer to yeah the exactly <laughs> but then i also know that when we get closer to the deadline i'm going to be very pressured and i'm going to have a lot of stress and but that's just the way that apparently I work the best. Um, besides that, I've only had one subject this week, which is also, funnily enough, on podcast production uh, on Thursdays. And uh, yeah, last night I went to an event on Zoom with my study, which was like this beer tasting. So wow. online beer tasting, which was quite eventful, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, just <coughs> just back up a little. How does this? How's the, how does an online beer tasting work? Um, so basically we buy a, like a basket of beer from the people who arrange it okay. and we went to pick up these baskets of beer and then we just take them home uh, and gather ourselves in groups of people and then we go on Zoom and they have like, they tell you a little bit about what beer it is, who produces it, what is this, like what's it supposed to taste like, where does it come from, all these different things and then you taste it and act like you know something about beer and then you rate it <laughs> on taste and appearance and I don't even know what it smells like and all this, all these different things. I mainly just got drunk. So. <laughs> but I guess there was good content, right, for, for the takeover. Uh, definitely, definitely yeah. good content. The way I've been handling the takeover in terms of interaction is I've been doing a post daily and then I've been asking about something on the topic I'm writing about in the end of the text and then I go on the story and I ask the question so I have people answer my question basically and that way I can use those interactions to fuel the story and have it 
have people interact more with it and i've seen the interaction grow over the week so that's fun to like it's fun to experience that you do a little and then it gives back in the end basically so you have a good audience yeah well done (laughs) (laughs) so back to the podcast production course you said yeah so it's it's part of your studies it's not part of my studies it's a subject that i've chosen on the side because i was uh international business communications you need to do 15 ects more than what the uh, curriculum gives you so therefore i have chosen a subject on another semester and then this semester i'm doing podcast production um which is 10 ects on its Mm -hmm. own and uh yeah so that's why it's not even from the faculty of of where it's not from the human faculty it's from media faculty Mm -hmm. uh so we've picked it up from there and basically we um, when the subject is proposed to the students a lot of the times it's it disappears really quickly from others because there's not a whole lot of room for people but since we're we were in lockdown and everyone was sent home everyone just got accepted into the course so originally i was on the waiting list with my friend so originally i had to do another course Mm -hmm. than that but then since we went into lockdown i was able to get on the course at least something great yeah (laughs) how does it work what are you supposed to do in the course exactly i mean Uh, to learn something here oh yeah yeah of course (laughs) uh so we since it's on zoom it's it's a bit uh, restricted what we can learn and do in practice but uh, normally we just get on zoom and then we have read some texts about theory for production of podcasts and production basically of interviews as well and uh we do these just three hour long sessions with our teacher and the entire uh entire study and then um we talk about theory on podcast and now we're in the midst of uh getting to production of our own pilot episodes so we're split into groups mm-hmm. uh, throughout the, the the entire what's that called no, all the students across yeah. all the students we're split into different groups okay now we need to try really hard mishka we have a professional yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> the, the pressure is on no, 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 <laughs> it's no, probably no. something we also need to <laughs> perform well <laughs> No, but what are you going to do, actually? What will be your output? Are you going to do interviews as well? Or is it just going to be you talking about something? What, what uh, the the idea on? of the podcast right now is to... So the topic of the podcast is going to be sneakers and sneaker culture, which is something that me and the guy I'm doing it with have been into for a very long time. And uh, luckily in Denmark, we have a lot of collectors and, and people who know a lot about sneakers who we could interview. Um my friend also knows people who works in sneaker stores, which we also could interview. Um, sneakers ties a lot into hip hop culture and streetwear culture, so we could also tie into that. Like, there's a whole bunch of ways we could go with it based on on how long we want to go. The thing about it is, you can only talk about shoes for so long, so that the episodes wouldn't be that long necessarily. Mm-hmm. But that's also like for our target group, it should be people who's just like on the move and want to listen to something real quick before they get like when they get on the bus and then stop it when they get off the bus so that's like the format it's supposed to be like short and sweet and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. quick and straight to the point but it feels that you have much more many more ideas than just for one pilot episode like we do, do we do, do. You, do well do you think you'll maybe take it further well we, it's not something we've directly discussed i don't i'm not like i'm not shying away from it if the opportunity is presented but at the same time it's a lot of um it's a lot of time to spend on something that 
when we were going and doing our masters as well after the summer break and there's just a lot going on all the time so even though i really like podcasting and 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 what it stands for and what it does i've i have a hard time seeing how i'm supposed to fit it in <laughs> to my schedule all the time uh, which also a big part of doing podcasts is being consistent and consistently uploading even though maybe at first it's slow and then it picks up hopefully at some point and so that's like a, a whole side of it that i'm not too keen on going through right now mm. uh so like that's 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 the only downside to why it shouldn't be something we wanted to expand on mm. i think but i must say i was very fascinated by the sneakers idea mm. it sounds like a very niche to me mm. and i don't think i know anybody who would be like a very sneaker person maybe mm. except for linda who had as a guest she always has like 20 pairs of shoes in front of her door mm. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so how is this like how did you come to sneakers like how why why sneakers <laughs> um yeah so as i explained before uh sneakers tie a lot into hip-hop and rap culture which is what i grew up on basically or that's not entirely true until i was like 12 13 i listened to a lot of pop punk and alternative rock and stuff like that and then i don't really recall why but i just got very fascinated by rap music and, and hip-hop culture and i started diving into that when i was like yeah 12 13 and I heard them talk about shoes all the time in these songs about Jordans and Nikes and Adidas. And at the time I was just, okay, I was just wearing what was giving to me. So when I went shopping with my mom, maybe we would get some new pairs of shoes. And it's not that we wouldn't get branded shoes. It's just, I didn't think about what kind of shoes they were. I was, it's, it's shoes and they look nice, I guess. So I started just paying more attention to branding uh, of shoes. And then um, as I grew up, sneaker culture became very big in Denmark um, over especially the side of it which is reselling and collecting so people will go buy stuff until it's sold out and then they have all the inventory and then they sell it for more than what they bought it for uh, which is like basic reselling I guess and it happens a lot of places it happens in Oregon as well as well and but it was just new for someone being 16 having to spend maybe two three thousand danish krona on a pair of shoes that originally costed a thousand um and it was kind of difficult in at first to like <laughs> explain to your parents like yeah it sounds like a weird deal <laughs> where's all my where's all my money going it's going to these shoes that nobody else has i guess which is uh, but that's also like what made it interesting because you felt unique you had something that not a lot of other people had and eventually transferred into me buying other streetwear which also sold out and then selling it myself and and right now i do have a lot of shoes at home that i could sell for more than what i've got them from uh, for even though i've worn them multiple times um or at least the same i can get the retail price even though i've worn them so so how many pairs of shoes do you have at home right now i've, I've i don't have a lot i I've only have i say only because i used to have way more uh, i cleared out i think i have 22 pairs right now in my entrance and what was the most that you had uh the most that i had was when i was living at home before i moved out which was 45 or 50 50 pairs maybe Ooh. in my room stacked up on the wall which is not <laughs> it, it sound it sounds like a lot to people who, who are, yes. who's not really into <laughs> shoes right but to people who are into shoes it's just it's, it's not that big of a number so even when i had 50 pairs i, I knew okay there's people in my age group who has like 150 to 200 pairs stacked up at home on their walls and in their basements and on the, like in the ceiling and all these 
all these numbers are just it's it's all relative compared to who you surround yourself with so if if you surround yourself with people who are not into shoes you're gonna sound crazy when you say you bought i don't know four pairs of shoes this month alone but to people who are into shoes it's like yeah of course like it's just it's just a given that you spend that much in shoes so but the 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 purpose or the idea is more to to resell it to move it around because when you first started talking about it it felt to me like it was more of a like a memorabilia or like oh to me to me it's entirely memorabilia and nostalgia i don't really sell shoes i never have really sold shoes but i of course sometimes you get a pair that you're like well i'm not going to use this pair anyway so i'm just going to sell it off right now i only have shoes that i wear okay um which is this switch from when i moved out from my parents i sold a lot of shoes that i knew i'm not going to wear these and then i gave them out for good prices as well uh to me shoes is a lot about culture and a lot about yeah like passion for rap music and hip-hop music and and streetwear so to me, it's a it's a lot more about memorabilia and nostalgia than it is anything. I'm 23 now, which is also crazy to think about. I've been collecting shoes for 11 years, which is <laughs> yeah. something that like I I never thought I'd I'd say, but that's just the the gist of it, uh, I guess. But why why do you think that it was sneakers or? Yeah, why why do you think it was sneakers yeah. that got so much meaning or what's what is basically the meaning? But the the purpose the worst thing is I can't really explain it because. I think to explain to someone why shoes mean so much is is really like it's so hard because a lot of the time it's just going to be well it's just it's a white pair of shoes compared to another white pair of shoes and a lot of the time it has to do with the branding but like you just said it has something to do with the memorabilia as well so uh run dmc for example which is a rap group they in the 70s and 80s they came up with a song called my adidas which is about the adidas superstar and the Adidas Superstar is super like iconic, super legendary, and everybody wears it, which is what's cool to me that something lasts that long because not a whole lot of things last for as long as sneakers does sometimes. Um, superstars are originally from the 70s and 80s. Today, in 2021, they're still prevalent. The same for the Nike Air Force One, which is also a very old shoe. Uh, the entire Jordan shoe range is also from, uh, when did he start playing? 88, probably 1988 to now um so yeah i I think that's why shoes basically because people also talked about it like it's something cool so i came up on the idea of okay shoes are cool because that's what (laughs) i heard the people told me shoes were cool so now i'm like okay shoes are cool (laughs) it's not a whole at at that time it's sort of when you're that old you don't really pay attention to what you think is cool yourself because i had a lot of hobbies that like growing up and i did a lot of sports growing up but apparently shoes just stuck with me because that's what i was told through other media that I consumed that this is cool, you should do this. So I ended up just doing that. Cool. <laughs> and watching you now, you're wear- wearing very shiny white pair of shoes. Yeah. And I'm actually wearing slippers and Mishka is wearing some regular <laughs> running <laughs> shoes. So <laughs> I feel a bit shamed. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's the thing about it. Is <laughs> that's the thing about it. It's not shaming at all because a lot of different shoe uh, companies do a lot of different types of shoes so mm-hmm. if if you're into uh runwear so you're you're into maybe new balance and and brands like new line halo and stuff you're going to be wearing you're maybe going to be wearing more like asics or new balance or misuno whereas if you're into streetwear and and that whole genre you you would probably be wearing nikes or currently jordans and and stuff like that so it's it's all very based on who you are as a person there's sneakers for everybody which is to me the beautiful part about it that there's like there's room for everyone no matter like also which brings me back to the superstar which 
everybody wears superstars. Everybody has probably seen superstars and know about this the superstar. Even like it's a white Adidas shoe and just three black stripes. Like everybody knows it, and it's very iconic. And like, yeah, everybody knows it. I guess that's that's what's interesting to me. Hmm. But as you said, as Anna said, yeah, your sneakers right now they're super shiny. So do you? Since it's it's not just shoes, it's shoes of significance mm. to you. Do you kind of take care of them? Uh, in a, in the sense that I, I wear my shoes and I'm not very picky with, especially except for if they're all white shoes, I'm not really too picky. I just clean them up because mm-hmm. oftentimes shoes do look a little better if they're worn in. Um, so that's I, I do take care of them, but I'm not profanic about it. Okay. Um, anyway, um, you mentioned having specific shoes for if you run or if you mm. do this and that. Uh, we also know that you do powerlifting. <laughs> so making the bridge from the shoes to the powerlifting, do yeah. you have any special shoes for that? <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, there's weightlifting shoes, which is like with raised heels or like elevated heels for when you do squats or is, people also use it for bench press sometimes. And when you do Olympic weightlifting, which is what what's shown at the in the olympics uh, powerlifting doesn't compete at the olympics they have a federation of their own um but they will also be using uh, squat shoes for for the clean and jerk and the snatch um so you do have shoes for it but normally i would just say flat shoes for any flat shoe uh, is good i like to spice up uh, especially since i do have a lot of shoes so i this is gonna sound weird, but I wear Jordans when I work out most of the time because I like what they look like and mm-hmm. I like what they mm-hmm. represent. So I also believe that if I if I feel like I look good, I'm gonna lift better than if I feel like I look shitty. Um, <laughs> basically, so going into a workout, if I feel like I I don't look the part, then I'm not gonna lift the part. That's basically. That's, um, but it's it must be a nice boost, right? Yeah, of course. It's since sports and I think uh, powerlifting specifically it must be a lot about mental capabilities yeah. as well as, as the because it's you versus power. yourself if yeah. you're playing soccer or handball which i also have it's it's a team effort so you can always pass the ball off to someone else if you're not feeling it mm-hmm. um like my shoes are not good enough today take the ball. <laughs> <laughs> in, in powerlifting it's more you versus yourself when you get into it so some days of course you're just going to be weaker than others but but most of the time it is a lot of the time it is mental if you're mm-hmm. if you're training correctly um some days you're just not into it you don't want to be there and you just want to get in and get out so mm-hmm. it happens how uh, often do you train uh it depends on where i'm at in my <laughs> in my program most okay. of the time it would be five to six times a week oh, uh, wow. but when we get closer to what's called meet day in quotation marks because i haven't done a competition yet but when you get closer to when you want to test out your uh capability of a one rep max it's called you uh you use lower your training volume to four and three days a week mm-hmm. uh until you max out and then when you maxed out you would do a week of light training to sort of just have your body reset and then you get back into lifting five six times a week for conditioning again so are you getting ready for your first competition do you have uh mind? well uh, mentally i'm getting prepared i haven't i don't <laughs> even know which competition is going to be able i'm going to be able to do yet uh because of the fact that covid and everything mm-hmm. we don't know when we're going to be allowed to complete uh, compete plus i have to go get my license you have to get a license to be a registered powerlifter in the federation okay um so you can't just go and compete i have to be a part of a club so i'm 
competing for somebody. Uh, not that they have anything to do with my training, but I just need to be licensed mm-hmm. in the a official a, stamp of approval. Yeah, exactly. In a club <laughs> where it's like these athletes from these clubs can compete. Are there any other requirements? Like, do you have to pass some sort of like? For example, you mentioned Olympic sledge. For mm. some sports, you just have to qualify. Like, is there mm. something like that for the competitions, or you can uh, if you join a club, you can join the competition? If you join a club, you can join competitions of local level. So you would go to like another club from your own club, and then from there on, you would qualify to bigger events, which would normally be national uh, in Denmark. So you just go to to see who's the strongest in each weight class in Denmark, and then. From there, I guess you'll you'll be qualifying to the Europeans, and then from Europeans to world, no, to yeah, to worlds, and then uh, probably Europeans to yeah, Europeans to worlds. It would be mm. yeah. And you mentioned weight class, so is there like yeah. a, a way how to work with your weight as well? Like, uh, are you thinking when you get closer to competing? Yeah, if you tr- if you need to keep an eye on your weight so that you're oh, fixed yeah. into the yeah yeah, class. yeah yeah. So so the weight classes are different from men to women but in men's it would be it's called under 74 kg under 83 kg under 93 under 105 uh and then under 120 mm-hmm. and i will be competing in the under 93 kg class mm-hmm. right now due to lockdown again covid and everything uh i am a bit over that weight mm-hmm. i'm cruising in around 94 kg uh so of course it's something that i have to think about but a lot of the times there's means to if you're just a little bit over there's means that you can do to like reach the weight limit so you would do what's called like a water cut so you just slam a lot of water in the two days leading up to the event so you cleanse your body and Mm -hmm. then you would normally drop like one or two kg ideally you would just want to be like ideally you would just want to be like around a little under your goal weight so 93 kg for me i would just normally be like ideally i should be around 92 and a half mm-hmm. uh, on meet day or ideally it should be 93 but that's like hard to to match up that you hit exactly 93 kg but um yeah there's, there's definitely you have to watch out for it a bit but it's not so much that it gets disturbing especially not in powerlifting in bodybuilding it's it's very tough because you have to do conditioning to to get to a, a, a point of uh low body fat percentages where your body is sort of shutting down essentially because you're not giving it as much food as it needs compared to how high of an activity level you have but when you compete you do like you look you look very sculpted so that's like the whole idea of it in powerlifting it's you're more loose around <laughs> aesthetics mm-hmm. not as much as as you are in bodybuilding so or you can be at least a lot of the strongest people in the world don't really have attractive physiques to to the general public i think did you also do uh, bodybuilding or? uh I've been only bodybuilding style of training for a year before i switched to powerlifting cool so the di- the difference in that i, <laughs> I see that you're confused yeah. the difference <laughs> the difference in that is uh, bodybuilders will often do uh more work um on individual isolated body parts so they would also be doing take for example the like a bench press if you're doing a bench press a bodybuilder would normally be doing maybe four sets of eight to twelve where when i work out i only do three sets of three to four but i load them a bit heavier 
so my so uh, it's more intensive yeah exactly yeah. the mm-hmm. intensity rises whereas the volume goes down mm-hmm. um when you do bodybuilding training you would higher the uh, the the volume and lower the intensity uh for the most part that's of course that's like it's hard to explain in such a short amount of time but <laughs> but there's a whole uh, idea behind yeah doing different styles of training yeah cool where do you train i train in the an OBBC, it's called, uh, non, unlike normally when the gyms are open, uh, which is uh, Odense Bodybuilding Club. Mm-hmm. But it's one of the only places that has a club for powerlifting as well. So that's the main uh, idea behind why I used to train in normal fitness worlds. I work in a fitness world as well. Not currently because Corona, COVID yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, and lockdown, so I can't work. Um, right now, I'm working out in a CrossFit gym, which allows uh, outside training. Uh, which I also worked out at uh, during the first lockdown before I switched to OBBC. Um, so now I'm there again until I can get back to OBBC. What then. about winter? Uh, well, I've been training in the snow, basically. Oh, wow. <laughs> but there's like... There's a, the there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's a There's a roof uh, covering oh, for, for the most part. So I think that's... I think there's like 16 spots outside which is covered by a roof. And then there's eight more which are not covered. So during the snowstorm and everything, people did. If if you had to, you would take a spot in the snow and then you would just scrape off the snow before you worked <laughs> out. But sometimes we have been working out in the snow. Yeah, that must be a really interesting sight to behold. Yeah, it's be- it's it's on a. Luckily, it's like not out to a main street. It's down like one of these <laughs> side streets. Uh, so not a whole lot of people cross, but you do get a, a few looks when you're. When you're out there in in minus degrees <laughs> <laughs> with gloves on just trying to lift stuff <laughs> i can't imagine that can be an, an interesting uh, material for for pictures because what we know about you and yeah. we know it firsthand because uh you actually took our photos for our website yeah. yep you're really into photography so i am yeah. that is it is it maybe something that's also attractive to you as a as a, as, a, yeah, as a material for you as a photographer? Mm, yes and no. Uh, I really like the idea of producing content surrounding powerlifting, but at the same time, I'm very afraid of it becoming too much. So I sort of fall out of love with powerlifting. I really love working out currently, and I'm, I'm loving what my workouts are doing for me, uh, which is why I'm a bit afraid to get tired of it. So maybe introducing photography and video production to that aspect of my life is a bit too much of a risk maybe it could also fuel the fire even more because i would get to work with other athletes as well um but that's a it's something i'm gonna have to try out and i I do produce content in the sense that i i record my workouts uh, i record lifts and i do that for my own personal gain Mm -hmm. instagram and tiktok and stuff um so that's the only thing i like the way i do it but i haven't i haven't taken pictures and stuff no but you do take thing. pictures of sneakers. I do take <laughs> pictures of sneakers, yeah. But that's... Mm, I think that the, the difference in that is that there's a whole Instagram sneaker community surrounding that. Um, so if you are into shoes, normally you do post your shoes as well. Normally, a lot of people don't obviously post their shoes. It's it's very niche. And sometimes it, you do feel very, like, you do feel stupid posting a story of two pairs of shoes and you're like, S- look at my shoes. <laughs> because a lot of the times it's only 20 people who's going to be like, oh, that's nice shoes. The rest of them are going to be like, <laughs> why would you post that? <laughs> that was, I had to admit, that was a bit of my reaction. Yeah. I, I saw your feed and I was like, okay, 
why so many shoes? Yeah, why all the shoes? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't. I, there's no. It's one of those things. If 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 you know and if you're into it, you know, and and yeah. you're you're also into it. But a lot of the time, that that goes for a lot of stuff, right? You you do stuff, and other people are not going to be able to understand or comprehend uh, why you have a, f a fascination with these things. Um, and that's where I think you really find out what you what you're into uh, if you keep doing stuff, even though people don't understand. Mm. So a lot of the time when also in terms of powerlifting, when I do go and lift and people are like, oh, we're going to, I don't know, go to a party on Friday. And I know I have something to do lifting wise on Saturday. I would normally be like, uh, okay, I'm going to come, but I'm not going to be like, because I know I have to get this done by the end of the week and they're not going to understand. And you're going to be left with a feeling of not being understood, but you're like, but I, I want to do this. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to do that more than I want to go to this party. So yeah, I guess you're right. It's like yeah. with everything at some level. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, cool. Well, Matthias, coming to an end, which is very sorry because <laughs> this has been very great. Um, but the last question. Yeah. Last question for our guest. Oh, me? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Uh, you talked about motivation a lot. Mm. So what would you say is your life hack? What, what, what helps you get through life easier? Okay, <laughs> that's a bit of it. It's a loaded it's, question. It's a loaded question. It's a you can question. take your time. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think um, I'm a person who very much feeds off of being with other people, but not necessarily interacting with other people. Um, so going to the mall, for example, and just walking around and looking for people looking at people and looking for motives and stuff that really helps me set my mind straight um especially in times of need for getting your mind set straight so sometimes when like every other person i'm just home alone and i'm thinking a lot of things that maybe you shouldn't be thinking about and then you just you go for a walk and you look for something and then you focus on that instead and and that i guess that's my life i i, I go for a lot of walks look for a lot of things which also ties into my my love for photography, I think, and capturing capturing moments and motives. Yeah, that's how you find them. Yeah, you have to go look for them. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I I think that's that's the way I currently I'm not really doing a whole lot of photography mainly because I'm busy doing my thesis and uh, it's it's a bit hard balancing everything <laughs> at once. But uh, but but uh, hopefully I'll get back to it soon. Sounds great. Yeah, we hope so too because the photos you take are great. Yeah. Well, even, so even if we don't understand sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> thank yeah. you so much. Anyway, Matthias, thank you very much. This thank has you for been a wonderful pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. We really enjoyed it's it. A bit, it's a bit all over the place, but it's very, it's, it was fun, definitely. Great. <laughs> Perfect. Happy to hear that. Yeah. Thank you. Yay. Thank you so much. That's it for today. I hope you understand sneakers a bit more now. We do. Um, if you enjoyed it, listen to other episodes as well. Check out our social media and we'll be back next week with another episode. See ya!